not even 24 hours into free agency and the Dodgers made a signing. It wasn't a free agent, but it was someone that got extended. Anyway, we'll talk about who it was and what it means. Silver Slugger Award finalists were announced. We'll talk about those. Dodgers had five finalists and the qualifying offer number has been set. The Dodgers have a couple candidates should they extend those qualifying offers to them. That's all coming up. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports study podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And you can become an everydayer simply by listening or watching every day. The easiest way to do that is to subscribe and get notified when our episodes are up, which is every Monday through Friday. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Samperio, joined by co-host Jeff Snyder. And we are both lifelong Dodger fans that have been doing this for a few years now, covering the Dodgers via podcast. We've covered the Dodgers in different capacities. We've been in the press box, been in the locker room. We have done a lot of things regarding the Dodgers, and uh, we're here to continue to bring what we believe is knowledgeable and rational and, you know, sometimes irrational takes about the Dodgers, and that's what we're here to do again today. Uh, But, Jeff, uh, a a free agency officially started. There was no free agent signing technically for the Dodgers, but there was a move for the Dodgers uh, that they did. Yeah, uh, Max Muncy could have been a free agent. The Dodgers had a team option on him that we've talked a few times about how they were likely to exercise that option. One thing that maybe we should have talked about the possibility of would be uh, working on an extension, which is what they did, uh, what was it, last year before he hit free agency. Uh, During the season, they they worked out an extension with him that included a team option. They did the same thing here. They they worked out an extension, so he is covered through twenty for twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five with a team option for twenty twenty six, and the average annual value is less than the fourteen million they would have paid him just by exercising his option. And I mean, it seems pretty clear uh, in contrast to some of the other guys we've talked about, Max Muncy is very comfortable and happy being on the Dodgers. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about Chris Taylor in the past when he signed an extension with the Dodgers that, you know, the kind of player and the kind of personality that Muncie has, it's not really surprised that he's found a comfort zone and just kind of wants to stay in it, you know? Yeah. And it, it, you know, I wonder how many of these guys, you know, even Chris Taylor last year and then, or, yeah, whenever he signed and, and now Max Muncie and some of these other guys, you know, they've talked to like Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez and guys that did end up leaving uh, for via free agency. And, you know, Kike comes back and, 
you know, he had a, a good first year in Boston, then, you know, second year, not as great. This last year, you know, started getting the booze out in Boston. You know, there, there's different ways to go about it. Not that Max Muncy is never going to get booed at Dodger Stadium, but, you know, there's just a, a comfortability. And knowing, you know, at the very least, knowing that, that's some comfortability, well, you know, like manager-wise too, you know, we talk about Dave Roberts a lot and, and things of that nature. But if people didn't like the manager, they wouldn't come back to the Dodgers via free agency, especially when, you know, in theory, he got more guaranteed money, but took less money this specific year coming forward in 2024. Yeah. One of the things that's most interesting about this is what the plans are for Muncie, because he played third base this last year as the everyday third baseman. uh, And he defensively wasn't great. He had stretches where he was solid, but even in his solid stages, like, He's just not that sure-handed. Anytime he made an error, it was never really a surprise, even during the times he was going well defensively and he had a couple of really cold stretches. And so, you know, as of right now, the Dodgers have an opening at DH. I don't think they're hoping to have that opening uh, come next year, whether that's, you know, they're going to be in on Shohei Otani. Um, I don't think they're putting all their eggs in the Otani basket. Uh, but I do think that they are hoping that Shohei Otani is a Dodger next year. And if Otani is the DH, that means that Max Muncy is playing somewhere else and, you know, probably third base. But one of the things that maybe gives me a little hope is Muncy turned himself into a solid second baseman when he was playing second base. He turned himself into one of the best defensive first basemen in baseball uh, when he was playing first base. And he moved for Freddie Freeman which, you know, you, you do that. When you have a chance to get Freddie Freeman's bat in the lineup, you move people around to make room for that. Uh, but Muncie had turned into an excellent, excellent elite defensive first baseman before he moved. And so if he's going into this offseason knowing I'm, I'm with the Dodgers for at least two more years and I'm going to be playing third base, I don't think it's crazy to think that Muncie could work his butt off this offseason and come into 2024 – as a solid defensive third base. I don't think he's ever going to be elite, but uh, like I, I always think back to Nolan Arenado when he was uh, first drafted and coming through the minors, the big knock on him was his defense. They said he was too slow footed to ever be a good defensive third baseman. And, you know, uh, insert Michael Jordan meme. I took that personally. Uh, Nolan Arenado turned himself into an elite third baseman. Uh, I don't think, you know, Muncie is a different type of physical specimen than Arenado, but Muncie's a great athlete. And so I don't think it's crazy to think that Muncie could turn into a league average defensive third baseman. And if he's a league average defensive third baseman and he's hitting 35 to 40 homers, driving in a hundred runs, you know, hopefully hitting for a little bit better average than he did in 2023. But what he brings offensively, if he can be even average or even slightly below average defensively, he's going to be, a bargain at at twelve million dollar average annual annual value. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how much more he can improve, especially in growing age. Uh, but at the very least, getting back to just you know what a normal Max Muncy third baseman could look like in terms of make all the routine plays, and at the very least, knock down some of the balls that go down the line instead of you know letting them go through for doubles. Uh, I would take that at this point. Not, not really. Not that Max Muncy can get better defensively. I'm just saying, you know, 
normally players do not get better defensively as they get older unless he had a dramatic shift. But I do think he could just, you know, in the, obviously it didn't really matter, but, uh, you know, in the later part of the or that middle part of the year or later two-thirds of the year, we didn't really talk about Muncie's defense. It was at the beginning and it was at the end, but there was a good chunk in the middle, a couple months, where his defense wasn't an issue. And if we can just get that Max Muncie for an entire season, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, he was actually a, a big part of the reason. The Dodgers, early in the season, they were like in the bottom third of – or bottom, you know, I, I think they were ranked like 26th in defensive runs saved uh, a couple months into the season. They ended up the season – third in baseball like and max Muncie was a big part of that so it was you know replacing miguel vargas at second with mookie Betts. a lot of things played into that getting noah Syndergaard off the team because inability to hold base runners counts against your defensive run saved but max muncie turning into a decent third baseman for a, a chunk of the season was a big part of that and, and part of the reason that i do think there's a chance he could improve defensively quite a bit despite his age is that the range I don't think the range is going to get much better, but the range isn't terrible. Uh, it, it was really, it was the the clanking, you know, balls that hit him in the glove and he doesn't make the play and the throws. And both of those things, I do think he can improve on, you know, like you can put in the work and, and become a guy who catches everything that hits you in the glove. You can put in the work and become a guy who makes accurate throws every time across the diamond. And so, uh, you know, I don't think the range is going to get better, but I think he could turn into an average defensive third baseman just by improving the the glove work and the arm. Yeah, and I did see a couple people saying, "Oh, you know, maybe they trade Muncie or whatever the case." They don't make they don't do this extension if they're going to trade Muncie because that would be a disservice to him. Um, because obviously he's giving them he's he's more worth it more than twelve million dollars in the open market, and he's giving them that discount. So. Uh, the next part is qualifying offers. The Dodgers have a couple guys eligible. We got the final number of what that qualifying offer will be worth. Will it be worth it for the Dodgers to offer it? That's what's next. But first, uh, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Wow. So, <laughs> brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. So you can put down $5. Money line means you just pick somebody to win. Put down 5 bucks. If your team wins, you get an extra $150 in bonus bets. It's, it's that easy. And with NFL season, you know, it's we're deep enough into the season where you can conceivably know which team might beat another team. And why not use that to your advantage and get an extra $150 with FanDuel? So go check out FanDuel right now. Download the app. Make your account. And it's easy to use. If you want to go beyond the money line, you can do that. Spreads, player props, over, under, same game, parlays, quick bets. A lot of different things to get into. Go check it out right now. That's And you can check that out at FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us wherever you have podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to watch and listen every day to become an everydayer, and we'll be grateful for that. 
If you need some baseball beyond us this offseason, SiriusXM has baseball going on. Just get SiriusXM or the SXM app, and uh, I'm sure you can search MLB or baseball and find some stuff to listen to. So go check that out. All right, Jeff. So we got the number for the qualifying offer this year. It's going to be $20.325 million. The Dodgers have a couple guys that are eligible for that qualifying offer. Clayton Kershaw, who have they've declined to give uh, offer it in the past, and then JD Martinez, I believe, is the other one. And we're here to see: do the Dodgers extend to either one of them, and would it be worth it? Yeah, and you know, starting with Kershaw, like you said, they have had the opportunity in the past to extend the qualifying offer to Kershaw, and they didn't do it out of respect to him, uh, because the problem is. Uh, they have less than a week to decide who to extend the qualifying offer to. And then the player has a week and a half to decide whether or not to accept it, which means two weeks from now, uh, Clayton Kershaw would have to decide if he was coming back, if the Dodgers extended him a qualifying offer. And uh, Kershaw is not going to be ready. He wasn't ready last year. And that was when he was going to the offseason healthy. This year he is coming off a, a shoulder issue. And so there's just no way that Kershaw is going to be ready in the next two weeks to make a decision on what he wants to do in 2024. And so I don't think there's really any chance. I, there's no reason the Dodgers would set that precedent last year if they were just going to break it this year. Also, there's the fact that uh, I don't know that uh, they want to pay Kershaw 20 million bucks next year. Um, if he does come back, I expect his contract to be it might be there at the qualifying offer number, but I would expect it to be a little below that um, just based on what they're expecting from him quantity wise and quality wise um, on, on the flip side. If they do go into it, you know, we've talked about the possibility of Kershaw's 2024 plan being to get to 3000 strikeouts and then call it a career. And so, you know, if they go into it, knowing that they're not going to have to pay him for the whole season anyway, um, you know, may, maybe, but, but the fact is, you know, there's just I, – I don't see any way they make him the qualifying offer. Do you? No, and I don't think there's reason to at this point. We know that there's three options for Clayton Kershaw. I mean, as far as we know, it's retire, resign with the Dodgers, and I guess now, you know, the Rangers becomes more of a – we've talked about the Rangers the last couple offseasons not really being a possibility because they weren't good. Uh, and now they won the World Series. So, you know, I don't think that I, at this point, I think it's really just two options, retire, come back to the Dodgers for Kershaw. I can't imagine him, you know, putting that one team legacy that not a lot of people have uh, in order to maybe win a championship for a team that was good in the playoffs, but, you know, weren't one of the top four or five teams in the regular season. But you never know. I don't know. But. Yeah, I don't think it, they're going to offer to him. And if I think if he does come back, it'll be kind of around what it was last year, fifteen in the $15 million range, give or take. Or maybe even like a one-in-one if they're really looking at luxury tax, which I don't think they will be. Yeah, and, and you know, especially with, with Kershaw this year, like last offseason, it was easy to, to think, you know what, Kershaw might want to pitch three more years. Uh, I think 2024, if Kershaw does come back, I think he's going into it knowing that it's his – his swan song. I think it, I think if he comes back, it'll be to try to hit that 3000 strikeouts. I don't think, and, and I don't know Clayton Kershaw. I don't know what he and Ellen are talking about, but my guess would be that he 
if he pitches in 2024, that'll be it. And so with that light at the end of the tunnel, I think it's even less likely that he does mess up that one team legacy, being able to do something very few Hall of Famers get to do these days of playing your entire Hall of Fame career with one team. Uh, it, it doesn't happen much anymore these days. And Kershaw, it's up to him if he wants to have that happen. And so uh, most of the guys who it doesn't happen for, it's because they don't ever really have the option. You know, their their team trades them or, you know, just releases them or whatever, and they're, they want to keep playing. Kershaw, it's totally up to him. And I think he'll probably take that seriously and and stick with it. Now, J.D. Martinez, there. this one is a lot more complicated, I think. Yeah, J.D. Martinez, obviously complicated in the sense of if they offer him the qualifying offer and he accepts it and then they go after Shohei Otani, then they'll be, you know, in a in a mess. Not in a mess, but they'll either have to have a really bad outfielder out there or they'll have to make a deal, which might not be fair to J.D. Martinez. Now, obviously, you know, I would imagine if they offered him the qualifying offer but said, hey, if you do accept it, no guarantee you'll be on the team next year. You know, I don't know if they can tell him that because that could sway his decision to accept it or not. Um, but regardless, I, I saw, you know, someone kind of put out there, the Dodgers have enough money to to make him a qualifying offer, have him accept it, and then if they sign Otani, trade him, which, yes, they have the money to do that, but it's also, do you want to be the team that does that? Like, how, you know, that's not it's not fair to anybody in that round or if that in that scenario, uh, if they do that. So I'm leaning towards, they don't offer it to him, but they let him know, Hey, we're open to bringing you back. If we don't land show. Yeah. And, uh, I think I I'm, I'm trying to read through this, uh, this CBA, but the way I'm reading it, I think the Dodgers couldn't trade him until June 15th, if he does accept a qualifying offer. And so they would have, they would have them uh, have both guys. If they, if they, he accepted and they signed Shohei Otani, you know, there's worse problems that in the world than having too many good hitters. And the fact is, like I talked about in yesterday's episode, outfield is a position of need for the Dodgers this off season. Uh, but there's a reason JD Martinez is a DH and I don't think his offense would be nearly as good if he was having to play the outfield every day. Uh, and, and, you know, you, we might end up with a situation where, you know, they, they, yeah, it's hard to picture what they would do because there's not really any way to fit JD and Otani onto the roster at the same time. Um, so I think that means that they're not likely to make him a qualifying offer, but also the, the one thing that makes me think they might is just because, he is going to be looking for a, a multi-year deal. He came into, he, he signed a below market deal, uh, kind of a make good deal with the Dodgers. And then he made good. He had his best season in a while. Uh, he had a great season and somebody is going to make him a multi-year offer. Maybe not at $20 million average annual value, but definitely more than $20 million overall. And so uh, I think JD will go into it knowing I'm going to get a 30 or $35 million offer from somebody. And so I'm not going to take this qualifying offer. And so he, the Dodgers could play chicken with him and, and, and see, and you know, it could come back to bite them, especially if in the 10 days between when they extend the offer and when, and his deadline, if things change suddenly with the market or whatever, you know, maybe he does uh, accept it and, and 
they're in trouble. But I think it's a game of chicken they would probably win. It's just a matter of if they want to play that particular game of chicken. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. It's it's tough because, you know, of all the people that were on the team last year to come back this year, J.D. Martinez would probably be one of the ones that you do want to return. But the fact is that there is, you know, a bigger bigger fish out there that plays the same position out that, that he does. And, you know, can J.D. replicate what he did? I don't know, but... uh you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But yeah, I, I do think, I think you got to throw it to him and then figure it out. Because like, what if you throw it to him? He accepts. You don't get Otani. Well, now you have a DH. Like, there's different scenarios that can play out. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. JD is one of the Silver Slugger Award finalists at the Dodgers had. They had five of them. We'll talk about them and their chances of winning. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. If you are an everydayer, which means you listen to the Dodgers every or lockdown Dodgers, don't listen to the Dodgers, or watch every day. We appreciate you. If you're not an everydayer already, you can do so just by listening or watching every day or close to every day. We got a lot of topics and questions and things uh now that it's officially the off season, and you never know how fast things are gonna play out. So we'll be talking about them and breaking news and developing things as they continue to move forward. So check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Jeff, the Dodgers had five Silver Slugger Award finalists. They had at first base, obviously, Freddie Freeman. They had third base, Max Muncie. In the outfield, they had Mookie Betts. At catcher, Will Smith. And DH, uh, they had J.D. Martinez. And Mookie Betts is actually twice. He's also in there for utility, so... Him and Cody Bellinger are both in there for utility and for outfield. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because uh, we'll see how the the this one is voted on manage voted on by managers and coaches, and so we'll see how much they factor in playing time. Because you look at who's who the the seven finalists are in the outfield, and you could make a good case when you factor in playing time. Uh, you can make pretty good cases for obviously Ronald Acuna is going to be one of them. You can make a good case for Corbin Carroll, Juan Soto for sure. Those guys, uh, Mookie Betts had a better offensive season than Carroll or Soto, but he did play a lot of infield. And so uh, we'll see how they factor that in. Um, Mookie had the best offensive season. uh, Well, second best offensive season among outfielders and best offensive season among utility players who are in the finalists. And so it's not crazy to think that that Mookie could win both Silver Sluggers this year. Uh, I would guess he wins the, the utility one, but not the outfield one. Um, but then it, it's also you could actually look at and see, well, some people, you know, if some of the voters think of Mookie as an outfielder and others think of him as a utility guy, he could end up splitting his own his own vote, and you know Cody Bellinger wins it at utility, and then Acuna, Carroll, and Soto in the outfield. Uh, it would be kind of crazy if Mookie had the second best offensive season at any position in the National League and didn't win either Silver Slugger award. But you know it could happen. Yeah, it, it's possible. Um, yeah, you look at some of the other ones. It's interesting in the National League got shortstop. 
you look at the three shortstops that signed, or three of the four shortstops that signed the huge deals in the offseason, and three of the four of them are finalists for Silver Slugger, even though they all had varying degrees of success. You know, it just maybe speaks more to the shortstop position than anything else. You know, Xander Bogarts didn't even OPS 800, and he's, you know, a finalist here. Yeah, Trey Turner, who wouldn't have merited being a finalist halfway through the season, um, and then he ended up, you know, having a really good second half, or mainly August and September, and kind of bumping those numbers up. And then you have Dansby Swanson, who had just an okay year with Chicago, nothing special. Then you have Francisco Lindor, who's you know obviously probably going to win that side of things. But you look at the other ones, and Dodgers have a chance of winning. You know, Freddie Freeman overall was better offensively than Matt Olson, but Matt Olson does have, you know, the counting stats of homers and RBI. You look at third base, Max Muncie. You know, he has a shot. Austin Riley's up there. Renato's up there. Manny Machado's there, but I don't think he would. I think Max, well, I don't know. Depends how they feel. So, yeah, I. When it comes down to it, I think Silver Slugger, it's cool, but I really don't have a strong feeling toward anyone that went Silver Slugger. Yeah, that, that shortstop one that you mentioned, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the biggest names who are the finalists. Because like I said, this is voted on by managers and coaches who, by definition, only see the people they're voting on. If they're not on their team, they see them at most 13 times a year. It's uh, it, it's really a crazy and uh, dare I say stupid way to vote on awards because, I mean, Dave Roberts focuses on the Dodgers and whoever they're playing in the next series. Dave Roberts doesn't go home and watch Sports Center. Uh, I don't know if ESPN even remembers that baseball exists anyway. Uh, doesn't go home and watch MLB Tonight on MLB Network. He is thinking about his team. You know, focusing on what they're doing, and so. You know, yeah, they can look at the stats, but the fact is you get, if you, uh, I'm trying to think of who, who was it this year, uh, who had a really good year against the Dodgers and nobody else. Oh, if we go back to like 2021, Tommy Edmond, uh, Tommy Edmond was awesome against the Dodgers and yet overall he was just kind of, okay, he had a good season, not great. But if you are a Dodgers coach, you're probably voting for Tommy Edmond because, as far as I know, he's the re- reincarnation of Joe DiMaggio, you know, um, and, and you know, you get those biases when you have these little sample sizes. And so the other bias you get is, well, these guys all got huge contracts. They must be good. So I'm going to vote for those guys. Uh, and, and you do see a lot of this with, you know, uh, Nolan Arenado didn't have a great season. Manny Machado didn't have a great season, but they have big names. They had great seasons last year. And so they got voted. I think Austin Riley probably wins that one. Uh, so it's it's there's a lot of narratives here. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like catcher, I think, is going to be interesting uh, because basically all four of those guys had really good parts of the season and then struggled at times. Uh, Will Smith and Sean Murphy both, they were among the best hitters in the league in the first half of the season, not just at catcher, but overall. And they both struggled a lot in the second half. JT Romuto had a down year by his standards, but he's on the list because he's, he's always on the list. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I have a hard time. Like you said, I have a hard time getting too excited about the silver slugger awards just because I know how they're, how they're voted on. Uh, and so it is more a reputation thing 
than anything else a lot of the time. But I do think, you know, uh, I would guess that it, I wouldn't be surprised if Mookie is the only winner for the Dodgers. I think, I think Freddie Freeman will win at first base. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Mookie might end up being the only winner. Yeah. Uh, some other words that were given out, the MLB Players Association, Players Association about the Players' Choice Awards. No Dodgers won. Acuna was NL Outstanding Player. Otani AL Outstanding Player. Um, Marcus Semyon won the Marvin Miller Man of the Year Award. And then Garrett Coy, Outstanding Pitcher. Blake Snell, NL Outstanding Pitcher. Comeback Player of the Year, Cody Bellinger and Liam Hendricks. And then Outstanding Rookies, Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. Um, you could kind of speak to the narratives in that because player voting too, but I feel like most of those awards were pretty easy to root. To, there was not a lot of debate for some of those awards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think did Acuna win the overall, I think they do an overall player of the year too, not just in leagues. I think he beat out Otani. That's maybe the only controversial yeah. thing there um, because, you know, Otani, uh, what he does, it, it, it's so hard to vote on anything with Otani. Otani is going to run away with the American League MVP, um, but I do think, you know, between uh, playing time, you know, uh, Acuna played a lot more than Otani because of Otani's injuries, uh, but also just what Acuna did was so special offensively. Uh, I think he maybe he got that with narrative uh, and, and not not necessarily undeservingly. If you just look at, you know, wins above replacement, Nobody's going to match Otani because Otani gets hitter, hitter war and pitcher war. Um, but I don't think it's crazy for them to, uh, to focus on, uh, to give it to Acuna there because of how good he was offensively. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's the only controversial one though. I think the rest of it will probably line up pretty well with how the, the BBWAA awards will play out next month. Uh, the rookie of the year, the Cy Young, the MVPs, I think, you know, I, I haven't looked too much at American League rookies. I don't know who else besides Gunnar Henderson had a good year, uh, but the the rest of them, I'm confident in saying Corbin Carroll, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, Ronald Acuna, and Shohei Otani are going to be the winners of those awards. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, we'll start finding out a finalist of that award, I would assume, next week, and then the awards are announced the week after. The Dodgers will have some finalists. Well, at least one finalist for sure, Mookie Betts and maybe Freddie Freeman, but I don't think they're going to win any of the awards this year. So, yeah. Um, hi, Jeff. Uh, week is over. You got anything else before we head out? Uh, today is November 3rd. Happy birthday to my daughter, Lindsay. She turns 19 today, uh, which means I will never again have an 18 year old daughter, but uh, I have a 19 year old daughter. And I've never had that before. So, new experiences in life. So, happy birthday, Linz, as if she listens to this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Maybe she's the representative for her college of the Lockdown Dodgers every day or club. Could be. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. If we're not your first listen of the day, you should, uh, you know, think about it. We're only 30 minute podcasts. So, even faster if you listen on faster speeds and we can get you to work in the morning or or if you have to wait we can get you back home in the evening depending how you how you uh, go about your day but either way if you're listening or watching every day we appreciate you if you're not listening or watching every day we still appreciate you for listening or watching today and we hope that you join us every other weekday uh as time goes forward 
If you want to find us, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's 91. Can DM either of us for any questions, comments, topics, or concerns. You can also send us those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.